Good morning, friends, and welcome to another episode of The Kingdom Within. Well, it's just an amazing morning. I got these flowers, and well, this is the first time planting flowers that open up in the day and close in the evening. I was thinking to myself, they open too late and they close too early. The party should just go on and on, because I'm telling you, these things are cool. They're beautiful. I forget the name of them, Pan something or other. But anyway, they're a variety of colors, and they've this big old flower on this little plant, and they're just cool. And But they have this beautiful flower when it opens up. But this morning, I go out there to sit to appreciate them, and, well, the flowers are closed, so i got to wait for a couple hours, and then I'll be working. So, well, anyway... <laughs> The simple things of life that we concern ourselves with is kind of funny sometimes. But that's the wonderful thing about it is, friend, there's a time in my life that these were the least of my worries. And to tell you the truth, this just isn't a worry. It's just kind of a funny observation I make about myself and flowers because it really doesn't matter. Because, well, the truth of the matter is, well, there just isn't any truth except the truth you have about the truth you have. And. That's the ones you choose. And so I just don't choose to be worried about anything because that's the truth I want. Well, friends, I don't expect you to believe what I say, my general disclaimer. Uh, I'm here to talk about Jesus and my relationship with him and my relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. Because, well, let's just say that my life has changed over time, and the kingdom I sought, I found, and I have it most of the time, except when I don't. But it would probably be boring if I had it all the time, wouldn't it? I forget I wanted it. That's the way this works, even if it doesn't. What can I tell you? It's a funny thing, this thing called the kingdom. Um, well, this morning I was reading little Luke, and in here he actually talked about something I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, so Jesus spoke this parable, and I'm going to just read it because I'm not as good at trying to re-explain things sometimes. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seek fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well, but if not, after that, you can cut it down. Well, I thought that was kind of an interesting parable, and, well, I'll tell you what, friend. I'm one of those uh, fig trees that just didn't bear any fruit. I was a waste in his garden, for sure, friend. All I was worried about was what did, the fruit I was going to get, not the fruit that I was bearing, that's for sure. So, if he was looking to get something out of me, he didn't really get anything. Here's the thing about it. You know who that fer you know what that fertilizer is? 
That fertilizer is the word of God. That fertilizer is the word of Jesus, to be specific. Because when we say word of God, people start thinking Bible, and then you can justify the hell out of anything with that Bible, see? So I'm getting downright specific, and I'm telling you that words of Jesus, well, they're the fertilizer. And when you start understanding the truth of who he is and what he said, because you have to understand that what he said. And he said some hard things, but he said some fun things. Friend, I have to say, I kind of enjoyed the things he said, like um, he said about, I was, I was trying to think back because there's just a couple things that just really, you know, <laughs> me being a silly guy I am, I, I bought into his, what he was saying. He said that if you, if I say, if you said mountain move and be cast into the sea and did not doubt it in your heart that when you said it, it would be done. Friend, have you ever sit in the woods, looked at a hill and figure out how to cast it into the sea or just move it six inches? I mean, we're not talking like throw it all the way to the sea, friend. Uh, have you thought about how to make it move six inches? How to maybe just make the, make anything. Have you ever thought about how to walk on water? Because Jesus told Peter to do it, and Peter did it. In the moment Peter started doubting, he said, ye of little faith, because Peter started sinking into the water. Have you ever really thought about these things? Have you thought about how to walk on water? Have you sat in the woods next to a stream and just looking? I'm telling you, friend. If you bought into what Jesus said, there's an awful lot Jesus said. So you got there's an awful and these are riddles, friend. I'm telling you, I know that I often talk about these riddles that are the parables that sound harder, but friend, this can be a fun thing because there is an answer. All of those things have an answer. It was never about the walking on the water, and it was never about moving the mountain. It's a riddle that you're supposed to figure out. And in the riddle is the joy. And even when somebody gives you the answer, it won't be your truth because, well, it's too simple. And there's a purpose behind it. And you realize that the fact is that you could do exactly what he said because that's the truth. But the truth also is why would you move the mountain? See, there's a lot to it. Because Jesus didn't just do these miracles. You know, he did all these things like he killed the fig tree just by saying bear fruit no more because it didn't bear any fruit. Of course, it was out of season, so it wasn't supposed to bear fruit. But that wasn't the point. The point was he was just showing what he could do. And he wasn't showing us what he could do to impress us. He was showing us the power of God so that he could make that statement about moving that mountain and then we'd listen to it and then have to believe it. At least we're supposed to because if that was God talking through him, well then how do we not believe God? So if we don't believe that statement, then we don't even need to bother believing John 3.16, do we? See, that's the problem with this, friend.
If you believe one thing Jesus said, you got to believe it all. Is that John 3.16? It ain't nothing without the rest of it, friend. This whole Christianity has gotten all wrapped up on a couple of phrases that make it easy for them to eat fruit and not think about what the selfishness they're doing is causing. And friend, I'm telling you, that is a great way to eat fruit and pretend you're going to get a kingdom in your death that you didn't look for in your life. It's amazing. I just love that statement. If you want to be selfish and justify it, there's just no better thing to do. However, if you really did believe in this Jesus and that he was the son of God, and which he is, but here's my the killer is you are too, friend. You're just not understanding that. But he did speak through the Father and the Father through him. And the things he said had a purpose. And the purpose they have is the purpose you give. And the purpose you give is the one you have. If you choose to do what it is he asked. And I'm not talking about perfection, friend. This was never about perfection. But how I'm looking around and I see nobody even trying. People are saying, you know, they go to church once a week. Yeah, great. That's wonderful. But that isn't what Jesus said. That's not hanging all your uh, laws and prophets on only two commandments. So if you're attempting to do that, I mean, do and you're really attempting it, well, then you're doing it. Then you're doing it. But don't pretend to go into church once a week and give them 10% of your money to buy you buy you a ticket into this kingdom, friend, because it just isn't happening. It was never for sale. Would you sell everything? You would you would you let someone have everything you own for 10% of what you have? No. He wants 100%. That's what he wants. But he doesn't want it because you have to. He wants it because you want to. Love is sacrifice, friend. We sacrifice things in our lives. This world was for a purpose, and that is to come to know love by experience. To make a choice. But first you have to believe in forgiveness. And to receive forgiveness, you have to give it. And that means this thing called judgment's got to end. This judging people as more or less just has to end. That doesn't mean that it's not going to, in your mind, be trying to tell you something. Because, friend, I'm going to tell you what. I know the truth, that every one of you are my father's children, and every one of us are equal. Yet my brain will, from now until the end of time, try to tell me different. But this is the Point. The point is that if I get wrapped up in this world for any length of time, this lie that I have in my head is going to win. It's going to convince me that I'm better than someone else, that I'm more and you're less, because it will do it all the time. So I have to be with my father all the time. I am consistently leaving this world as much as I possibly can. I try to spend time with my father in the Bible. I try to spend time with them watching something good on YouTube that's biblical or on Netflix. Those Bible, the four books of the Bible are on Netflix. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because like I told you, I really don't read anything else, because I'm going to tell you, if you go buy a Bible with what Jesus said in red, you're going to find there's only four real relevant books in this Bible. And that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because that's where the story of what Jesus said is. That's what you're after. That's You're not after the Old Testament. The Old Testament is absolutely no relevant. If you don't believe in Jesus, then you need the Old Testament in order to figure out that Jesus was the Messiah, right? Because there you're going to find the things that he fulfilled. But truth matter is, I didn't even understand all that because I'll tell you the truth, I'm just not the smartest tool in the shed. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. That's what I meant. See, see what I'm saying? But this is what the facts are. The Holy Spirit, I don't need to be smart, friend. I don't need to know everything. In fact, being super smart is super dangerous. I've come to learn something else in my life, and that is the more I know, the less my father can know for me. Yet the less I know, the more my father can know for me. So I have found it is better to be um, not so smart so that he can be smart for me and to have no strength so that he can have all strength for me. Because the more I have for myself, the less he can have for me. The more I choose to keep from me, the less I can give to him. And the less I give to him, the less he can give to me. So it becomes a choice every day. Every day I have to choose to put my father first. I have to put his thought ahead of my thought. Because my thought will think about why it is that I want something and why it is I'm better than someone else. And that's just not true. But my father's thought, this thought of the Holy Spirit, well, it'll thought, it'll take me to Jesus. It'll take me to the right things, and it will remind me not to judge and show me that I am an equal to all my father's children. Not one of us are more than the other. The world was created so that we could perpetuate this lie. And friend, we do a wonderful job of perpetuating this lie about one of us being more greater than the other because, well, look at the world. It's all based on it. It's not about people being equals. And my father perpetuates the lie with us. I mean, you just look at us. That's the thing. See, you got to understand that my father's part of this game that's being played. And you're not understanding because you're not making the choices that Jesus asked. And if you don't know Jesus, then I don't expect you to believe a word I say because I sound insane, friend. But I'm telling you, if you come to know Jesus, there's a secret in his message. And my father's doing all this for a purpose. And he doesn't want us to do what we're doing with it, but he doesn't have a choice because free will requires freedom. He can't say, I'm going to give you free will, but I'm only going to give it to you half free. No, friend, whatever choices you make are the ones you have. You just don't understand. No one's making the choices for you. You're blaming everyone else in our lives for our, what it is we do. And I'm starting to say you, and it's me, friend. I'm not talking about just you. I'm talking about, in my mind, I have two thoughts. I have one that is of fear and of selfishness. 
that's the one you call that thought of Satan. And you can divide it up into different thoughts. You can divide it up into pride and this and that. You get it all complicated. That's way too complicated for me, friend. I start losing track of what's going on. So I just put them all under one flag. And that is the thought of Satan, because that's what it is. It's a thought. It's a thought that has no power over me if I choose God, if I choose to listen to what Jesus said, if I make the choice Jesus told me to make, then this thought has no real power over me except the power I give it. However, without this thought of Christ, without this thought of Jesus and my Father and the Holy Spirit, which is the holy thought, then this thought of fear has all power over me because I'm in a world that nothing makes any sense, that looks like I've got to be afraid of everything. So the only way to really kind of let go of this fear is to get to know Jesus by doing what it is he asked. Because when he did, when you do what he asks, you're going to find the forgiveness that you're looking for, whether you knew you were looking for it or not. And it's not necessarily about just finding forgiveness. Here's the real killer. To find it, you have to give it. And giving it becomes the challenge, friend. People are doing horrible things to each other. They're killing each other. Jesus didn't judge them for it. That is why the Jewish population did not believe in Jesus. They were looking for a Messiah to save them, just like we are now, friend. But you know what? Most of the Christians just haven't got it. Jesus isn't coming to lead an army to kill his, my father's children. They just haven't understood a thing he said. He said they're going to lead him against the armies of evil. The only evil that is here are the children that we didn't give the love of Christ to, friend. And that's not their fault. It's ours. How can those of us that know Jesus, know the love and forgiveness, proclaim righteousness and then say, we're going to go kill someone in the name of my father? Friend, you just aren't understanding what Jesus said. Jesus told you to turn the other cheek, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Exactly how is he going to come with a sword in his hand? Friend, the only thing he's coming with is a sword in his mouth, and it's for the hypocrisy that's going on on this planet. Because Jesus never asked us to pick up a sword. One time, friend, did he ask us to pick up a sword. And if I'm wrong, please message on here and tell me where he said to kill people, because I'll tell you where he said it. He said it at the dinner because he wanted Peter to take those that sword into the garden with him. That way, Peter would have that sword to cut the ear of the servant of the high priest because his last act in life was to heal. That was his last act of free will was to heal those that came to whip, beat, and crucify him. It was a physical showing, his last act, his very last freed act on this planet, friend, was healing and forgiving the man that come to kill him. Are you understanding this? Do you understand what he's saying? 
So what I'm telling you is that all this hypocrisy of Christians picking up swords in the name of Jesus is just malarkey. Jesus said, woe to those that do it. He said that offenses must come, but woe to those who bring them, friend. And you know that at this point, if this isn't your first episode, you know I don't believe in this thing called eternal hell. But I do believe in the hell of eternal moment of now, friend. And if you choose it in your life, you're going to get it in your death. That's the way it is. My father's kingdom is only for those that choose it. And if you choose it, it's yours to have, friend. But I'm telling you, Jesus is the light and the way. But the problem is these serpents have, de have deceived you. And when I say serpents, I don't mean evil people, friend. I've told you that over and over again. A serpent is not someone evil. They're somebody that has a split tongue and they're wiggling half of it. The priests, the preachers, the ministers, these people that go get degrees on God, they're all wiggling half a tongue, friend. They don't even have the truth because they never did what Jesus asked. And if they did, they're afraid you won't even try to live up to it, so they're just going to try to keep the wolves in their pews. See, that's the problem with this. If you just outright speak truth, people aren't going to like it. Friend, I'm quite aware that nobody's going to like what I have to say, even though they're going to love it all the while, because those that are truly doing it, they're going to say, thank God somebody's opening up their mouth. Let somebody take and get nailed to that cross for us. Because, friend, I've been waiting for my father to send a messenger. He keeps not sending one. It turns out it's because he's been waiting for us to just be willing to die so that we may live. And that's where I'm at. Because this is what I know. Jesus was the greatest love ever. And I love my father just like Jesus loved my father. And he showed me enough of who he is and who my father is that I've got strength beyond my own. And it's not that I've got strength to do anything, friend, because I'm terrified if I look past this very moment. I don't have to figure out what I'm going to do later on today or tomorrow because, well, that's my father's problem. I have to work. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Here soon it'll be time to go to work, which at the moment is sitting on the computer and running support groups and doing things here and emails and, well, but anyway. But what I know is that my father is the most important thing to me, and this Jesus gave me this kingdom, and I have it, and I'm declaring it so that you'll hear it, so that you can declare it for yourself, because I'm telling you, if you want it, it's yours to have, that they deceived you into believing that you were going to get something in your death that you didn't find in your life, and it's just not true. And it's not true because Jesus said it wasn't true. But I'm telling you, if you do what Jesus asked, you're going to find what it is you were looking for, and you're not going to find it in your death. You're going to find it in your life. The forgiveness you were looking for is going to become yours, but it's going to become yours because you're going to give it to someone else. Because when you start reading what Jesus said, you're going to realize you're accountable for what it is you do and what it is you say. And that which comes out of the mouth is what defiles a man and a or a woman. And I'm telling you, if he said it was true, then it's true. So therefore, what comes out of our mouths defile us. Friend, I have defiled myself a million times over. I am not without sin. I am unworthy of giving any message at all, much less this, this one. But I love my father, and I love you. 
and therefore whether I become in a how do I explain this to love all of you and to love all of him I have to love all of me and to love all of me I have to love all of you and all of him because that's the only way this works if you want to know the kingdom you have to hang everything on those two commandments and he said Jesus said in there that one is like the other friend when you understand that you are going to understand everything that you did to your neighbor you did to your father and everything you did to your father well you do to your neighbor and you do it to yourself so i can't hurt anyone without hurting me you and my father because we're all tied together. You don't understand at a level that you'll just never understand. My father's the original thought. I don't know how to explain this to you, friend. I've talked about it over and over again, but there's just no real pretty way to make you just get this fact. And if you get it ahead of your time, it's way overwhelming. But understand this, that my father loves you with all his heart, mind, and soul. And because he loves you, I love you. And because I can't love all of him unless I love all of you. And therefore, I must love everyone and forgive them for they know not what they do because I want to love my father in his entirety. And all of this means no judging for me, friend, because if I judge you, I judge me. If I judge me, I judge you. And if I judge either one of us, I judge my father in heaven. Because the moment you're guilty of something, my father becomes guilty of allowing it. And I don't know how to explain that to you. It's just the truth. And that isn't going to bring you more of the world, friend. And I'm going to tell you, everyone that hears me say that will say that's of the world will say that man is insane. You have to judge. And I'm telling you, if you want the world, you have to make judgments. But if you want to be in the world but not of it, well, then you don't have to judge as much, friend. The less judgment, the better. But that also means that less judgment means having less. It means being less. And it starts make means making other people more. It means instead of thinking about how can you be more to yourself, how can you make others feel more about themselves? Because that's where the kingdom comes, friend. When you start watching other people grow and you start loving people, people are going to start loving you. And you're going to start knowing the love of the father through the son and the daughter and the other son and the other daughter and the other son and the other daughter. And I'm not talking about this sexual love thing, friend. It has nothing to do with that. Love, love is something that I can't even explain to you, friend. You know, I keep telling you love is sacrifice because that's the best way to explain it it's the representation of marriage you take two people and you make them one each giving up half of their own selfishness that's halfway to the kingdom of the understanding then you take the two of them and unite a higher that what has become a higher greater love and now you unite the two of them and create even a greater love. And that is a child. And that representation is the representation of my father's love for you. 
However, there's so many people on this planet that don't know what love is, they really don't even understand how to love a child properly. Friend, you have people that are neglecting their children. I can't explain love to people that don't know love. Love is an experience. It isn't a word. If you want to know who loves you, look and think about why it is you know the people that love you love you. Why do you know that? And I'm going to tell you. I know that because my parents made sacrifices for me. When I was in relationships, I knew they loved me because they made sacrifices for me. Even though I didn't know it at the time. Because, friend, let me tell you, I'm blind as a bat and slow to learn anything. And here I am at the end of my days. <laughs> and I've screwed it all up. I'm, I'm the prodigal son, friend. I've just blown every relationship. I'm telling you what I've learned over a lifetime of screwing up. And it doesn't matter whether you believe me or not. I'm just speaking this from my father in heaven and because this is what he showed me the truth is. And it's my truth. It doesn't have to be yours. But if you want his, then you might want to hear mine. Because even if I'm wrong, you might hear something good in here. And if you take one thing out of all of it, well, then maybe you'll come out of this with a better life than what you had before, friend. Because that's the way this works, see, because I tried to go to the church and I couldn't find this message in the church. It just wasn't there. And it's not that it wasn't there. It wasn't there for me. My father led me evidently to all the wrong churches so that I could learn all the wrong things so that I would go off into the wilderness and do something that Jesus said to do. And that is seek the kingdom first. And so I did not go get a degree from no college. Instead, I spend my time talking to this Holy Spirit and believing God's going to give me the truth of love and the love of truth. And the truth that I've come up with is the one that works for me, friend. And I believe God gave it to me. And the purpose of the world being to know love by experience is the most beautiful thing ever. And I am absolutely loving fulfilling my father's will. Well, friend, I've got five seconds left. So may God bless you and yours.